Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, we're talking with Alex Earle, the Community Manager for Cooperative Innovations, a company that builds and implements high-quality, immersive tools to create worlds to play in, to explore, learn from, and share with others, which is so important in the 21st century. Alex is here mostly to talk and unpack their newest game, Space Team VR. So welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for having me. I always start with this kind of canned question just because I'm curious, like other people who uh, are passionate about VR, and that is, how did you personally get interested in VR? Well, it was days back to around 20, like 14, 15-ish for me, because, I mean, even as a kid, I've been obsessed with anything that, like, augments your vision or makes you feel more immersive. So seminal moments for me were, like, if you remember, there was, like, that kid's film, Spy Kids 3D, that came out. I adored that as a kid and the whole thing of using um, anaglyph, which is uh, the red-blue 3D glasses. I adored that, and, like, I found little, like, um, custom online tools that you could turn, like, normal videos into, like, anaglyph by, like, offsetting it and kind of falling the depth perception. So when stuff like VR came about, I was like, this is, like, the next level of that. It's not only making a flat image 3D. It's like, I can be immersed in this world. And so I followed the development of, like, you know, Palmer Lucky back in the day and the original Oculus team and the different kind of prototypes through that. And I tried out, like, the development kit too at, like, a random trade show that I happened to go to with my family, like, one of those, like, tech family home things that we get, like, a touring to, like, big convention centers. And then, yeah, when I was at university for my dissertation, I used some like uh, fun funding from the EU as part of this project I was on with to buy an Oculus Rift, the original like uh, CV1 version. And I built my entire university uh, dissertation around VR. I developed an app which um, let you react. Uh, to you, someone would sit in, in a VR and I would play live music and the world and environment that I built in Unity, they would sit in and would live react to the music. So yeah, it's always been like a massive personal passion for mine. And I just love VR because I think it's a great way of taking concepts and experiences and making them immersive in, in a way that is more intuitive for people to understand. It's like, you know, a controller or a keyboard or mouse can still be a barrier of entry for a, a lot of people wanting to uh, experience you know virtual systems and virtual experiences but vr is so much more intuitive because you're just you're just there and you do it and people figure it out so yeah that's kind of my wow. origin story that is hardcore that's probably i have to admit in my 40th episode now that is one of the best answers i've had and so i, I say hardcore because most people say oh yeah i was walking you know by a store and i decided to try on a headset but Yours is way more comprehensive. So uh, amazing stuff. Thank you. Uh, so the listeners, many of us noticed uh, Space Team VR on the Oculus Store because there's so many users with the Oculus Quest. Hmm. I know it's also available for, uh, you know, HTC Vive. Yeah, and, Steam VR, yeah. And, yep, in Steam. Tell us more, though, for those of us that haven't played Space Team VR, tell us more about the game itself, and then maybe some of the things that someone would do inside the game. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, Space Team VR is a, is a fully licensed VR adaption of the original uh, game and property of Space Team that was uh, developed by um, Sleeping Beast Games over in Canada. And that's a game on mobiles and board games where you work with your team of people to communicate and try and stop the spaceship from crashing into like a burning sun or a supernova. So the VR version takes the core of that and then, you know, expands and builds on it in the world of VR. So in the core of Space Team VR, you work with a team of up to six people and so you can play it online multiplayer with a cross-platform so across any vr headset like oculus quest to rift to rift s to htc vive it doesn't matter as long as the game supports the headset you can all play online together and also you can play with mobile phones so you can uh, have one person as the host and then up to five other players joining on either mobile devices via our web app that we've developed that mirrors the original mobile game quite similarly or you can have other vr players so a mix of mobile and vr players or you can play in the solo practice mode so yeah it's, it's a game about communication and like working through your problems by that you you're on your spaceship you've got a panel in front of you that has a procedurally generated controls that pop up so it can be buttons dials levers and other more specialized bits that i'll get into in a minute and then above your head there's a screen that gives you the instructions so it'll be like you know press this or pull that or shake this and so sometimes those instructions don't apply specifically to you and your control set so you've got to shout out to your teammates around the ship and try and uh, complete all the right commands to make sure that your ship gets enough acceleration to escape the grasp and pull of the supernova that's trying to suck you in and destroy your ship do they all have to be on the same wi-fi network to play on different devices no they do not so um yeah we have a our servers are hosted through um online through uh, playfab and so yeah it doesn't matter as long as you have an internet connection wherever you are you don't have to be in the same room it's not like locally based it's all as long as you have an internet connection you can play so it doesn't matter what what location and what headset as long as you have uh, a wi-fi connection same for mobile devices as long as you have internet connection you can all play together so with the the local multiplayer in VR, there's fully supported voice chat. So you can see each other on the ships with your characters and you can communicate with each other. But if you're playing with the mobile players and you want to do that um, remotely online, you have to set out your own voice chat as um, there's no voice system going through the mobile phone version as of yet. Mm, that's fantastic, especially for schools. So, you know, like like many organizations, schools are sort of slow, methodical, almost giant ships which take a bit of time to turn and and get into the technological uh, age and so you know schools are slowly starting to adopt VR headsets but you know many around the world might have like one or two so it's so beneficial to to hear apps like this which allow then you know multitudes of kids to still play along, even though you might only have like one or two headsets in the building or for a classroom. Yeah, I think I think personally, it's just a great showcase for the kind of cooperative and multiplayer aspects of VR, because often, you know, you'll want to show your friends, like, oh, my God, I got this cool new VR headset and whatnot. But then it's either you put it on or they put it on. It's very much like you're watching just someone do the thing and if you're lucky it mirrors to the screen or you can cast it somewhere but with this it's like you're part of the experience and that you when you want to play space team with your friends yeah one person's in the headset but you're all joining on phones around you then you can pass that around and so even if you're not actively in vr you're still part of the gameplay experience and having fun and i really love games like that i mean there are only a couple of titles on a on vr that really kind of 
uh, tread the kind of I think it's asymmetric uh, multiplayer gameplay is what you'd call yep. it. But I really yep. love I love that kind of scheme and like coming as a kid growing up and playing loads of uh, co-op games with my brother. Like we used to the Nintendo GameCube was my favorite console growing up as a kid, and most things you could play back then you could just plug into your controllers and like do some kind of co-op campaign or, or multiplayer or whatever. And so yeah, I love that I can be part of a team that brings experiences like that, but into a new age with uh, with VR and stuff. That feels very fulfilling. Back to the game for a sec. So you mentioned that as a team, people have different roles. When you played it, what was mm-hmm. the what was your favorite role to do on the consoles? Like you said, there's various consoles. Different people have different consoles. Different people. Yes, yeah, so it's, different it's all procedurally and generated completely. So there are up to like I said, up to six players in total in one game session, and everything is completely randomized. So there's not specific wow. like roles as such. Like you're always in a specific kind of uh, variety of controls. But yeah, you can get anything thrown at you, and you've got to like assess what's given to you. So I could say, for example, have like a dial, uh, you know, a lever, a button, and someone else could have like you know three buttons. Someone else could have like a plug board. Is you've got to figure out and look at what your controls are and like get a grasp of the names because people will then start shouting out and communicating to you to press and push the right thing. And it's about that kind of uh, uh, task management of like, okay, when do I talk so people can hear me clearly? When do I look and do the right thing? And every instruction that's given is on a time limit. So if you miss an instruction that's like damaged to your ship and then yeah, there's like a progress bar in the middle of the ship that you can see, which shows your, your ship's level to where the supernova is. So it's, yeah, it's a managing a lot of different kind of uh, inputs, both like auditorially and visually to try and work together and also achieve what you're doing and achieve together as a team. And as well as mm. that, in the in the environment of the ship, so there you have tools. So we have uh, the hammer, which when when objects and things break in the game, you can hit them with the with the repair hammer three thousand, and then it fixes the it fixes the tool, the the tools on your board. You've got your uh, ray gun, which um, there are different threats that can spawn up. So aliens and UFOs can appear, and also random bits of objects and debris float around the ship. And so you can neutralize or move them with the with the ray gun. We've got an air horn that's part of one of our like specialist tools that sometimes you'll get the instruction like sound your air horn. And so everyone's got like a little custom funny sound effect that cycles as you're playing the game. So you've got to sound the air horn. And then you've got the fire extinguisher as well, whereas if you fail instructions or you have certain things like power surges, which are electrical bursts that can cause damage to your panel, uh, things might set on fire so you can put them out with the fire extinguisher. And then last but not least, you have the sponge, which uh, is used for cleaning your surface, as sometimes the aliens that appear can uh, shoot goop at your console, which sticks and stops controls working, or sometimes the console will leak oil, and so you use the sponge to clean up that so you can get back to operating the, the consoles at once. So yeah, it, it's, 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 it ramps up, and it's all like a procedure generated, and it's got its own algorithms dictating what it appears. But yeah, it ramps up in difficulty depending on what uh, mode you choose. And yeah, so you've got to kind of get better and better with your team and more efficient at managing as there's uh, much more stimuli in the higher sectors of the game of what you have to deal with and, uh, and manage. Let's say your team is really good and efficient. How long could you conceivably keep playing up different levels? I mean, it goes on forever. Literally, it goes on until you die. So it's 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 an endless runner in that kind of way. That yeah, you're just going to keep climbing for the higher sector. And that's one thing we run like little events and competitions where each week we do our Thursday team time, in which it's uh, the team that achieves the highest sector on either easy, medium, or hard. Um, we can win like a special golden name tag, and often the, we could give them a free copy of the game so they can expand their space team to another friend in uh, in VR. So yeah, the aim of the game is chasing the the highest sector. So it's like, how long can you survive? as a space team i love the uh the variety in that so i mean game design is is a delicate balance you mentioned that you know you've played games in your 
uh, past. I have too. You know, having control and agency and affordance, that can't be too hard. But at the same time, if I'm playing a game and it's incredibly easy, I get I get bored or alienated quite quickly. So how do you how does one find the sweet spot for a game like Space Team VR? So yeah, with with us, uh, from our experiences, it was a mix of just iteration and also player testing. So when we were designing and working on the game, obviously we had our ideas of what different core controls and features we could do, and we'd make them. And then it was kind of the balancing act of like implementing them in different varieties and seeing what combos, and then designing our our procedural generation system to kind of be uh, sensitive to the specific combinations of certain things like say if you've got um aliens are attacking and then you've got to shake the the asteroid maraca and then the screen is like inverting the letters and it's wobbling that's like a lot of stimuli so that would maybe reserve for people on the harder difficulties as opposed to on the easier medium so it's about knowing the different elements that you're putting in trying to balance and then knowing the effect that will have on a different variety of players and so we do have three core difficulty modes of easy, medium, and hard, so people can gear their experience or jump between one another depending on what kind of intensity they want to go for. But even within those modes, the difficulty does ramp up to to a to a point as you're playing through each of these difficulties. So yeah, it was it was just like a mix of we take our ideas, we test them, see how people respond to them, and then uh, kind of dictate how they they mix and match within each difficulty lane. So it's good fun, and like at the core of it, all of the the interactions on the panels and the controls were designed in a way. And even playing the game, it's a very comfortable experience in VR. So I know that the gameplay itself can be confusing or difficult to some people, but the core experience of just being in VR, you know, you don't have to run anywhere, you don't have to slide or move anywhere. You're standing at your console. It's like 360, you walk around and look around and you're mainly using your hands and the controls to like grab or push different buttons. So it's a very tactile and, and uh, kind of easy to understand experience that then people get sucked into it and then they can master the, the difficulty and the different challenges of being on the spaceship in Space Team VR. There aren't many cooperative learning type games like this on the market yet. And then further to that, you know, asymmetrical and by asymmetrical, which we talked about earlier on, you're allowed to play in the VR headset, whereas other players can play along maybe with another device, whether it be their phone or whatever. One of them, though, that uh, might be your competitor is Akron Attack of the Squirrels. How do you see yourselves as being similar or different than Akron? I mean, I love Akron. Akron is such a is such a cool game. And when I even when I applied for this job, I was looking at the similar games that that did the asymmetric gameplay, and Akron came up. Yeah, ours, ours is similar in that in that we do strive to create an environment where yeah, one person in the headset and then multiple people on phones and devices. I'd say ours is slightly easier to access as ours is we use a web app. So similar to games like um like Jackbox TV, you don't even need to download anything. You just go on your phone, type in a website, which for us is stvr.app. And then you're good to go and you just share the little room code to join into the game. So, yeah, I feel we have like similar core philosophies of just wanting to inspire cooperative gameplay with your friends and groups of people. But yeah, just how we go about it is different. Like I, I love the gameplay of the whole being the tree and the squirrels and the, the running around on Akron. I think that's really cool. And ours is more around um, uh, taking the kind of on the phone, you get a, a phone version of the space panel and you're pushing the different buttons. And then in VR, the the phone players are represented as like robots that we have different robots in our in our ship that repair and do things and try and cheer you on. So you get to play as one of those robots. And so, yeah, it's just it's just yeah, it's a fun way to uh, incorporate other people into it. And I feel like both games do that they offer an opportunity for people that are not in vr to to have fun and also 
get into the game, which I think for a lot of people, it's, it inspires them to want to try VR more. Sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, put this massive thing on your head and lose some of your core senses and just have a go. But if you can get a grasp on the gameplay, what you're doing before that, and it kind of eases you in. So yeah, once again, I think both Space Team VR and Akron are, are great ways of kind of being the gateway drug into wanting to try more VR things. There's huge potential for Space Team VR in schools. And you mentioned this again, before we uh, clicked record, we talked a bit about how schools are starting to aspire to teach the soft skills and Mm. soft skills, you know, things like uh, how do we give and receive meaningful feedback to people? And, you know, can we take on a role of leadership within a situation or, you know, when, when we're working as a group, can we delegate or take responsibility for a certain role? And so I see, Space Team VR as such a powerful game to do that. Had had you guys envisioned that it would be growing in popularity in schools when you first designed it, or was it just originally designed as a form of entertainment? I think it's a bit of both. So if you look at the history of the original Space Team game on mobiles and the board game, it does have um, a lot of translations, both done by the original developer and then kind of through fan help as well. That are designed, so they have an ESL translation, which is for English Second Language, which helps people learn uh, English. It's kind of, uh, they change up the, because our game, a lot of the controls and the the, the interfaces are, have kind of techno babbles. So they're weird, like technological words that sound funny and sci-fi-esque, but there were fan translations in the original game that swapped that out so you could learn different English verbs and grammar systems. And so, yeah, we understood them, the kind of educational potential through Space Team and that. And so we kind of hope to continue in a similar vein. Like our, our game is currently being localized. So um, we're doing a, a French, Latin American, Spanish, German, and I believe it's uh, Japanese and Mandarin, but don't quote me on that. I think the final two have possibly mixed up. But yeah, we're doing a range of languages that are becoming to all versions of the game. And so even with that, um, there, there's a cool opportunity for people to want to uh, play Space Team in different languages to practice their skills or jump into a different region server and just have a go at you know, doing the kind of the different techno babble in foreign languages and practice your reading skills and, and speaking skills. So yeah, even away from just the core language aspect of it, I think it is just a great opportunity for kids to, or anyone in a, in a kind of setting to be doing te- practicing teamwork and just these kind of cool interpersonal skills about like uh, project and time management and collaboration. And yeah, I think it's a cool thing that schools are interested in in using that, and especially for kids. Like when I, when I was at school, I wish we had stuff like this to, to be able to do and play in these kind of team building games. So yeah, I, th- I think we did realize the potential, but it's nice that other people are seeing it and that especially younger audiences, because that was one thing that generally surprised me that when we, um before COVID hit, we toured it to a lot of different shows and like local festival things. And we were so surprised how enthralled kids were and that for a lot of kids that were trying it when we demoed it, especially at the, the Yorkshire Games Festival, that was their first ever VR experience, but they just got it and they loved it and they had so much fun, even just in the, the solo mode of practicing and pressing the buttons and like playing with the robots. So it was really fun to see that they they kind of like, would want to come back and return to the challenge of figuring out what button to press and learning new words and reading new things. Like, yeah, it was just a really wholesome experience to, to watch and kind of be part of making that. So, I had never even thought of the, you know, the potential for it to help people learn a different language. And you're so right about that. And, you know, uh, teaching internationally here in Singapore, we have a, a multitude of different uh, 
kids who come in to learn, obviously, English, but that's not their first language or their mother tongue. And so this would be a fantastic game for a setting in an international school, just for what you mentioned, which is to enhance their learning of, say, English skills and so on. So that, that's an excellent point. Um, tell me a little more about what the future holds for cooperative innovations. I know you have another game, which I think was developed before Space Team VR, but you know, besides that, is, are there other sort of, you know, I know sometimes you don't want to uh, give too many secrets out, but you know, are <laughs> there other sort of aspirations that the company is working on? Because again, uh, I gravitated towards you and, and was delighted when you said you'd come on my uh, podcast because your, your title itself, cooperative and innovation are such key buzzwords in education nowadays. Hmm. Well, yeah. Um, so on the kind of track of space team, we're continuing to support the game, like I mentioned, with the updates to localization, adding in new interesting controls. So we've got some music kind of based controls that like we've got a theremin, we've got a xylophone, and then some more arcadey ones like a, we've got a whack-a-mole coming in where you hit things with a hammer and the and like a, a hot wire or a wire buzzer, you know, when you've got those like little metal loops and you've got to follow the wire along. So we've got one of those coming in as a control type. So we're continuing to support space team and add new controls and also cosmetics to it so you can dress your characters and customize your characters in different ways but outside of space team we do have a, a number of other projects that we're working on that are in like research and development or pre-production and um ones that i can talk about um we've recently announced uh storyland which is a, a collaboration with xr stories that we're kind of working on and developing which is kind of a it's like a tool to uh help kids and young people uh do storytelling and kind of uh create virtual environments with like props and characters and such from you know ideas they have or television stories or books that they love and they can kind of act out and create these stories within storyland so that's an early development at the moment and so you'll hear more about that as we uh push on with with the development of it Fantastic. Is there anything else maybe that I haven't said that you think the audience uh, might want to hear about? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, there's one little small like kind of tangent. So with one, one reason I really enjoy working for cooperative innovations is that a lot of the things that make Space Team VR possible is down to our proprietary technology. So that with Space Team, for example, we developed our own kind of a uh, inverse kinematics pipeline which is a, a system that takes the head and hand positioning of people in vr sets to animate the character body um so yeah we've got our system called ichabod and that is when you're in space team vr you can see full character models that people have customized in using the in-game character creator uh and that you can see them so they'll look around when when you talk through the mic their lips will move depending on what part of the game they're in there's a, a you know a facial animations that show whether they're happy or sad or distressed and i think it's really cool technology and that we'll be using it in other in other projects that we do that we are working on like storyland but i just love the presence that it gives because even when working remote in uh you know in these times it's really cool to be able to hop into the game with colleagues to test the bills and it does feel like i'm there talking to them because i can see you know what who they're looking at you know we've got eye targeting so if you're looking at someone it looks at the right place if you pick up an object it looks at that and so there are so many cool uh tweaks due to ichabod and also our, our animation pipeline that just naturalizes and makes a more human experience out of um like collaborating and looking at other people in vr that you can almost forget that that's like not 
like it is someone but like that they're, they're actually not there because you're in vr because even the way someone's looking or throwing something a lot of the details about how someone's standing or slouching and that gets translated through through ichabod into the the characters and so yeah it's, it's a it's a cool, really cool system that i'm really proud that we get to put into space team vr and also into other projects i mean the other thing i wanted to mention is just you know to offer up uh, a word of thanks from an educational perspective because you know sadly i think when many parents hear of the word games, they start to cringe if they hear that games are being used in schools because, you know, their son or daughter might be, you know, gaming with, mm. you know, games that aren't necessarily educational. So, you know, things that come to mind are things like Fortnite, where, you know, violence is the major theme to the game, yet your company, you know, refreshingly is making games that are peaceful or nonviolent and also have, as I've alluded to in this whole show, uh, an important educational slant to them. And that is so um, important, I think, to demystify the Mm. whole word game and make sure that when parents hear of their kid, their son or daughter at school playing a game that they don't automatically default to, oh my God, like that's awful. So thank you for uh, leading the charge in regards to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I do think it is a very important point. I think the the mainstream perception of gaming still has a, a way to go that, like you said, people think of gaming, they think of stuff like Fortnite and, and so or like Call of Duty, and that's what they imagine that when you think gaming in schools, that's what they instantly jump to. But I feel like that it just we need to do more to broaden the the horizon of what people can consider games i mean i mean most of these parents nowadays probably have smartphones and play stuff like candy crush or words with friends Mm -hmm. and they probably put hundreds of hours into that but they wouldn't consider themselves gamers and i think that's a really Mm -hmm. funny delineation that like we need to kind of get past and that that games are exactly that they are games and there's not like a specific type or variety and that they're great opportunities for people to to build and learn together i mean even looking at kids like young kids nowadays the world of roblox for example mystifies me is it's like it's this crazy massive game that has millions upon millions of users that like most people don't acknowledge or talk about in the more like mainstream or traditional gaming spaces but so many kids now their idea of a video game is that yeah i'm going to drop in this world and create something with my friends and make this this environment and i'm going to pretend i'm like shopping somewhere i'm going to pretend that i'm a pirate on a boat ship but that's that's their idea of games and they naturally have that instinctive instinct to uh, want to create and uh, to just to share the experiences like in like, mine, Minecraft or Roblox. And so, yeah, I think the power of games like ours, all more creative games like that and, and whatever comes next from whoever's developing it is really important to give kids the opportunity to like learn and manage and just just express their creativity in these virtual worlds. And I think it's really it's really powerful and really cool to to think how when kids as young as you know five or six have these tools and these games what will they think to create when they get to being at my my age and much older so that's what i'm really looking forward to well said alex and i concur listen thanks so much for coming on the show and talking to us especially you know the many educators that do listen to this show if people wanted to learn uh either more about the company or what's happening how would be the best way to learn more or get a hold of you yeah, sure. I mean, you can check out our website, which is coopinnovations.co.uk, or you can follow us on uh, Twitter uh, at coopinnovations, or you can follow at Space Team VR on Twitter or on Facebook. And so that's where you can keep up to date with them, how the progress of the game's doing, and also the different projects that our company, Cooperative Innovations, are working on. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to this week. I actually uh, purchased the game, and I'm looking forward to playing it. 
So if you just hold on for a minute after I stop the show, we can do a quick debrief. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. See you around.